The Ending Stretch is proudly presented by Printer Dudes. Printer Dudes is your one-stop shop for unique 3D-printed GIFs and collectibles. From ducks to dinosaurs and everything in between, Printer Dudes has it all. Head on over to printerdudes.etsy.com and use promo code HOMERUN, that's one word, to save 10% off your first order. That's Printer Dudes, D-O-O-D-S, the best 3D printed collectibles this side of home plate. Welcome to the 8th Inning Stretch, your source for no-nonsense, unfiltered baseball talk. And now, let's play ball! Hey everybody, welcome to the 8th Inning Stretch with AJ and Carson. Carson, what's up, man? What's up, AJ? What's up, everybody? We got a lot to dive into today. It's a packed episode, so hopefully you guys are kick back relax grab grab a snack because things will get interesting on this one uh yeah we have oh so much to get to today um this is a good episode to plop down in a comfy chair put up your feet uh yeah grab a salty snack and a frosty beverage and uh just lay back and and listen to us do our thing um before we get started, before we get into the actual um, our actual stuff, uh, a little bit of housekeeping to take care of. First and foremost, I want to uh, personally apologize to all of you because um, upon listening to episode nine, our uh, Aaron Judge episode, we'll call it, um, I noticed some... Well, I'll just say it. It was glitchy as all hell, and I have no idea what happened because when I edited, um, I swear, I swear, guys, I swear none of that was in there. Uh, so apologies for that. Um, hopefully it, uh, hopefully it gave them a good laugh. You know, hopefully it gave you guys a good laugh, and um, just think of it as bonus bloopers. Um, and then the other the other thing we want to get to real quick before we get kicked off here is uh, so next Monday. So Monday's episode, we're going to do something a little different um, in honor of the Easter holiday. Uh, rather than airing our regular episode, um, we're going to put together a, a, a really cool compilation for you guys. Kind of a, a, the best of the eighth inning stretch episode. Um, and Carson, I think you would agree with me that we have no shortage of awesome content to pick from for that. Oh, absolutely not. I'm definitely going to be listening to it once it drops on Monday. We got plenty of hot takes and opinions and topics that I'm sure will get covered. And I can already think of a couple off the top of my head that I know for sure are going to be in there. Uh, yeah, there are a couple that are slam dunks, um, or home runs as it were. Uh, to be in there um yeah no shortage of good stuff uh so keep an eye out for that that will air that episode will drop monday like you know like normal um but uh we're gonna try something out a little different um you know in honor of the easter holiday and you know everybody celebrating 
yeah, that said, that stuff out of the way, let's just go ahead and jump right in because we have a lot to talk about. Um, and we'll start with my, this was kind of my WTF moment uh, of the week. Uh, Carson, I was watching the Dodgers-Twins game, and it looked like Clayton Kershaw was going to throw a perfect game, only Dave Roberts had other ideas. Yeah, um, at this point, we could almost have a WTF moment of the week as a segment at this rate. <laughs> but, right. um, but yeah, Kershaw <laughs> uh, against my Twins, it sort of really stung for me. Uh, pulled after seven perfect innings. Not not just a no hitter, folks. Perfect innings, six outs away from a perfect game. Twenty three of those have happened in MLB history. Perfect games, only twenty three, and the last one was back in two thousand twelve by the King himself, Felix Hernandez. Um. So, despite this happening to my Twins, which already stung enough. I do kind of see both sides of this argument. Uh, Dave Roberts had said after the game that he had pulled Kershaw uh, mostly just to try and save him for now. It was his first start. Um, and this could be seen as a smart move given Kershaw's age. Uh, one of AJ's biggest complaints about Kershaw is his injury history and his age. So um, I've, I can see why Roberts would justify that Kershaw ever. So the utmost professional said it was the right decision to pull him. But despite this happening to my twins, (laughs) you got to give this man a shot. You got to send him out back out there for that eighth inning and see what he can do. Because let's be honest, the twins lineup, we weren't hitting anything off of this man. Like he was pitching the, one of the best games I think I've ever seen Clayton Kershaw play. You cannot pull him knowing the rarity of the perfect game and how sacred a perfect game is in this sport. I get the age factor. I get the injury thing. I get that it was his first start of the year, but you've got to give him a chance. You've just got to. And I don't, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Despite my, despite my, my reservations about Kershaw, um, you know, because let's be honest, he's not a spring chicken anymore. Um, he's not, and he has, uh, especially recently, he's had some injury problems, and um, for there was a time where he just couldn't, for whatever reason, just couldn't get it done in the playoffs. Um, all that said. He's one of my favorite players. Um, I've got nothing but respect for this dude. He's a stand-up guy. He's a hell of a pitcher. Uh, anytime there was any, <laughs> anytime there was any rumor or inkling of a rumor of him maybe leaving LA, uh, I would always, I would always cross my fingers and toes that maybe somehow, some way, the Red Sox would get him to Boston because nothing would make me happier than to see him pitch in a Red Sox uniform. Um, alas, that never happened, but that's okay. Um, all that, take all that, all that stuff, the injury history, the age, everything. When a pitcher, I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's Clayton Kershaw, who's been around all this time. I don't care if it's some, uh, I don't care if it's a, I don't care if it's a goddamn rookie. 
When a pitcher is on the verge of a perfect game, you leave him in the game and you let him roll the dice. Let him take a mm-hmm. shot at pitching a perfect game. Uh, and Carson, I, I think I'm you may be able to correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm 99.999% sure Kershaw pitching a perfect game. This is like the one thing this dude hasn't done. I believe so. Yeah, he's basically accomplished every other feat in baseball. I don't believe he's pitched a perfect game in his career. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I think, okay, let's say for argument's sake, let's say he was in the middle of a no hitter, right? Say he's six hits, six outs away from a no hitter. I mean, a no hitter is still, I mean, ridiculous. And and unbelie- it's just still a, it's an impressive achievement, but and I think you I think you said this a, a no hit a perfect game is sacred. Yeah, I mean, again, like like you said, like a no hitter is nothing to sniff at either. Like a no hitter is still a phenomenally pitched game, but but the perfect game just happens so rarely and feels like just such a sacred thing to watch in baseball that it just it blows my mind that he didn't at least give him a shot. And worse things worse, at least for the Dodgers, for me, it was a sigh of relief. Twins ended up getting a hit <laughs> off of the pitcher they brought in. Yeah, I think it was like his fifth pitch, and then somebody knocked a single. Um, I mean, when you really think about this, twi- think about how long, think about for, think about for a second, how long Major League Baseball has been in existence, okay? Now consider that there have only been 23 of these things ever. That's just, that blows my mind. Um, and, and I don't know about you guys, but when I, if I see an alert or, or something telling me, you know, saying that there's a pitcher, you know, oh, so-and-so pitcher is perfect through five or six, you know, I'll put the game on if I can mm-hmm. or, or listen to it. I don't care. I don't care who it is. I don't care what team it is. Um, I just, I'm, I'm a, I'm a student of baseball. And so like, you know, I'm a baseball geek. I'm going to watch. Um, Carson, do you think this might've been Kershaw's last shot at a perfect game? Ooh. I mean, he's, he's just such a good pitcher that it, I think it's difficult to say, hmm. but I think I think this will be the last shot we see in general for a perfect game in a while. Mm-hmm. Sucks that it had to come against the Twins, but and <laughs> the worst the worst part is it it didn't change the outcome of the game at all. They still won mm-hmm. like seven to nothing. Yeah, like he could have stayed in there and at least tried for it. It's just ah. Uh... Yeah, it's a it's a it's an it's a unbelievably frustrating move by Dave Roberts. Um. And as to, yeah, I mean, as to just, you know, one last thing before we move on here, the rarity of perfect games. I mean, there's been a there's been a huge shift in the philosophy about starting pitchers, you know, in recent years. It used to be that a guy. It was no big deal for a pitcher to go six, seven, eight innings into a game. Well, that just doesn't happen anymore. Um, So I'm kind of I'm really hoping that. One Kershaw gets another shot at this, and Roberts doesn't pull another boneheaded move. Um, 
And two, I hope we get to see another perfect game uh, sometime, you know, sometime in the near future. Um, but uh, anyways, you know, there it is. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the one of the things that kind of goes with the perfect game thing is when a pitcher's in the dugout uh, in the midst of a no in the midst of a no hitter or a perfect game. The unwritten rule is the other guys in the dugout, leave them the hell alone. Right. I'm Carson. I'm sure you've seen it. You know, the pitcher sits at the other end of the bench away from everybody. You know, that that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so speaking of unwritten rules, uh, the Giants, Carson, um, they're up big over the Padres, up nine nothing in the sixth inning. And Mauricio Dubron goes up there and lays down a bunt. What the hell? Yeah. Uh, it feels more and more like the the unwritten rules are slowly starting to fade into baseball lore. I mean, uh, it, it's 9 nothing in the sixth inning. Like, are you really that worried? Gabe Kapler, like, seriously, you're really that worried that the Padres might come back, that you're you're going to bunt in the sixth inning. And, of course, after the game, you know, he basically, is, he basically says, unwritten rules, whatever, I'm going to do what I want to do. But it's like, you know, mm-hmm. at this point, it's like base, it feels like baseball is the one sport that still holds those unwritten rules as kind of a higher standard. And to see those kind of go by the wayside, and especially in this situation here, it's just, I hate this so much. I, it's just so stupid. And I mean, yeah, you're like, the other thing Kapler had said was that he wanted to, uh, he wanted to have it be a strategic move to get deeper into the bullpen. Dude, it's nine, nothing in the second inning. You're going to do damage to the bullpen, no matter what, like you're going to go breeze through at least a couple of pitchers if you keep hitting the way you were hitting so <sighs> yeah yeah no i <laughs> no i i i i fucking hate this um i was so pissed when i heard about this uh and not gonna lie i i lost a, i lost some respect for gabe kapler um he was always kind of a you know i've always kind of liked him and he's always i've always kind of respected him um yeah, and they ended up they ended up scoring 13 runs in the game. Uh there's no there's no baseball's baseball doesn't have like a a point differential or you know any of that any of that stuff. Like whether you win a game by one run or 15 runs, it doesn't matter. Although they all count the same in the win column. Um so for Kapler to send his guy up there and lay down a bunt with a nine nothing lead, it's just complete. It's complete and total bullshit. It's a it's a it's a classless move by uh, by Kapler and the Giants. Um, although I'm not entirely surprised that it was the Giants that did this. Uh, you know, we're talking about the uh, we're talking about the team and the fans who uh, who who supported and enabled uh, Barry Bonds for all those years. Ooh. So, um, 
Bringing up Barry. <clears throat> yes. And when you look at Barry Bonds in the dictionary, there's a picture of an asterisk next to his name. Ooh. Um. Anyways, uh, before I go off on a rant about Barry Bonds, Ooh, it got um, hot in here. Ooh, it did. I just raised the temperature, my friend. Um, hey, you know what? I'm not here to make friends. Um, if I wanted to make friends, I wouldn't do a, I wouldn't be doing a podcast. <laughs> um, or I'd be doing a podcast about, you know, I don't know, something other than sports. Um, no, seriously, though, this is just total BS. Kapler, his his excuse was lame, uh, and um, it I didn't actually see it live, but it sounds like uh, Padres first baseman Eric Hosmer uh, had some choice words for DeBron when he got to first base, and you know what? I'm okay with that. I'd 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 have something to say too. Um, so stay classy, Giants. Um, okay. Onto a lighter note, uh, Albert Pujols, of course, he's back in, he's reunited with the Cardinals uh, and has, uh, in his, his last game, hit his 680th career home run, which, um, I'll be honest, I was kind of surprised. Uh, well, not surprised, I just, I didn't realize he had that many. Um, helped the Cardinals beat the Royals, 6-5. And then took a a very well deserved and hard earned curtain call. Um, Carson, did you get a chance to check this out or or see a replay? Yeah, I got to see the replay. Uh, you know, overall, just a really cool moment to to see him be able to come out and and uh, hit one. And not only that, because you know this is just the kind of guy Albert is. I think he would have cared more about the win than the fact that he just hit his 680th career homer and his first home run since rejoining the Cardinals. But, um, yeah, really cool moment for, for one of the great stand-up guys in baseball. Yeah, yeah. Uh, moments moments like this, um, moments, moments and stuff like this are, are why I love baseball so much. Um, you know, here's a guy who, uh, I mean, obviously spent – most of his, you know, most of his career in St. Louis. And, um, it was sad for, it was sad for fans. It was, and I'm sure it was sad for the Cardinals to see him go and probably sad for him. Um, and I, for me, him being back on the Cardinals is one of the best stories of, of the season already. And, um, yeah, this is just a, this is just one of those cool moments. And, uh, you know, one of those, Moments that uh you know warms my my icy heart. Um, so, uh, yeah, good stuff. Um, okay, we're gonna take a break. Uh, when we come back, um, we're gonna be talking about Carson. We've got another. We've got another first. We get to talk about another uh, another historical first in baseball. Um, and we're gonna talk about. Why the hell ESPN is still trying to make A-Rod the analyst happen? You're listening to the 8th Inning Stretch. We'll be right back. You're listening to the 8th Inning Stretch with AJ and Carson. For all the latest updates, follow us on Twitter at 8th Inning Pod and visit our website at 8 
www.wixsite.com slash podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the eighth inning stretch with AJ and Carson. Um, we're into our second segment. And Carson, seriously, man, how lucky are we? We get to talk about another pioneer history-making moment. Uh, Alyssa Nacken, an assistant coach with the San Francisco Giants, um, basically stepped into the game. They're one of the recent games in replacement of their first base coach who got ejected. And um, were you were you lucky enough to catch this? Didn't catch it live, but I got to to catch a replay. Uh, yeah, pretty pretty cool moment to to see her be the first woman to coach on an MLB diamond. Uh, from what I could hear, it sounded like she got a pretty good ovation from the crowd there and uh, got to share a nice little moment at first base with Eric Hosmer. They were playing the Padres in this game, so uh, Hosmer shared a nice little moment with her. Uh, I believe her helmet will also be going to uh, to Cooperstown into into the hall, so that's, that's obviously pretty cool. And coming off of the heels of us talking about uh, Rachel Belkovich uh, and her being the first... Uh, female manager of of a MLB affiliated team in uh, single A you know this has been a this has been a pretty pretty cool uh pretty cool week or so for uh for women in baseball yeah yeah it really has um yeah i yeah it sounds like um it sounded like she got a hell of an ovation from the crowd and i, I just i have to i got to give props to Eric Cosmer that was just a really cool moment um Hopefully, if you guys didn't see it, seriously, just go look it up on YouTube. Take five seconds to go look it up on YouTube. Um, it's just such a cool moment. Um, she basically walks onto the field, walks up to first base, and Eric Hosmer just kind of turned around and, and shook her hand and, um, you know, and said something to her, you know, probably, you know, congrats or, you know, something along those lines because uh, it's just the kind of guy he is. Um, oh, and by the way... <laughs> If you guys caught uh, not the last episode, the one before when we were talking about Rachel Balkovich, uh, who, of course, is now managing the single A, uh, the Yankee single A affiliate down there in Tampa. Um, I apologize profusely for mispronouncing her name. But as it turns out, uh, that is, in fact, how you say it. Um, and so for in preparation for today's episode, I double checked and it is, in fact, pronounced Alyssa Nacken. So point for me. Um, yeah, but seriously, I mean, Carson, I don't know about you, but I think, uh, first, first Rachel Balkovich on single A and now, and now Alyssa Nacken, you know, up here in the show, um, are we, are we headed for a, for a, a woman manager in MLB? Boy, it certainly looks that way. We're, we're at least, uh, we're making some pretty good headway, I think towards, uh, towards that goal. I mean, I don't, I don't want to necessarily say, oh, it'll happen in X number of years, because you know you never really know. But um, mm-hmm. it certainly, it certainly looks like we're a lot closer than than we have been in years past. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, I mean, some some serious props to Major League Baseball. Um, any of you who listen to the show with any regularity know that I am not a fan. I am not a big fan of Mr. Rob Manfred. Um, and I don't, I mean, I obviously, I don't know how directly he's involved with this. I think this, in this case is mostly, um, it's probably mostly the giants organization. 
Um, but still, some serious props to Major League Baseball because this is really uh, – I'm trying to rack my brain here, but I really can't think of uh, – well, maybe Becky Hammond, yeah, uh, worked her way to assistant coach with the San Antonio Spurs. Um, but I don't know, Carson, maybe you can help me out here. I can't think of any other women who have, uh, worked their way to this, to this, quite this level, um, in pro sports. No. Yeah. The only, the only one I think I can think of is, uh, is Becky Hammond being an assistant, uh, an assistant coach in San Antonio and being looked at for, uh, NBA head coaching jobs along the way as well, before she ended up. I think getting yeah. a job in the WNBA, but that's yeah, kind of the did. most prolific uh, case I think that I've seen before, before uh, Balkovich and, uh, mm. and um, Nacken. Well, hopefully, um, fingers crossed, hopefully this kind of, I mean, first Rachel Balkovich, now Alyssa Nacken, uh, hopefully this, uh, you know, this open the flood opens the floodgates a little bit and, and we see more, um, we see more women being represented in pro sports because God knows, uh, sports are sorely lacking in this department. Um, so, uh, major congrats to Alyssa Nacken. Uh, and I know, uh, just in the, our last segment, I was I was a little rough on the Giants. Um, I was a little uh, I raised the temperature in here a little bit, um, but I can't I don't have I can't say like this is this is just a really awesome move and a really classy move by the Giants um, to do this. So so props to them, too. And from San Francisco, we go to Cleveland and the team formerly known as the Indians. Um, Carson, Stephen Kwan, uh, has this kid been ridiculous or what? Yeah. And honestly, he's kind of come out of nowhere. He wasn't really a, you know, when you're, when you're talking about the big rookies that people were going to watch this year, you know, you're, you've got Bobby Witt, Julio Rodriguez, Spencer Torkelson, Seiya Suzuki, Hunter Green, CJ Abrams, like. Quan's just kind of come out of nowhere and rocked out for the Guardians. Um, you know, he's got a 667 batting average right now, no strikeouts, seven walks. He's got he's gotten on base 18 times in the first five games. And by the way, that's the most times on base in the player's first five games in the modern era. In case you're not huge into baseball history, that goes back to 1901. So it's uh it's been a little while and uh Quan has certainly uh garnered a, a bigger fan base and more attention now and uh you know now Obi Quan Kenobi can uh keep uh keep hopefully keep rising up those rankings and uh gain a little more attention as the season goes along. Yeah, honestly, when I when I first heard about this kid, I I'll I'll be perfectly honest and uh I'm sorry Cleveland fans. Um, although I suspect most of you didn't know who this kid was either. So I, maybe I don't feel so bad. But seriously, I heard Stephen Kwan and I went, who? Who's that? Um, because kind of like Carson alluded to, uh, he wasn't on any of the, you know, hottest rookies or, or rookies to watch or any of those, any of those, um, those top 10 lists that I love so much. Um, he wasn't on any of them. 
And here he is just absolutely, you know, going full beast mode for Cleveland, who uh, Guardians fans must be ecstatic because um, it's pretty well documented that their team needs bats and needs offense. Uh, and actually, I mean, Carson and I have said it a few times over the, over the last couple of weeks that, you know, one of the big concerns with the Guardians is that there's no, there's not much offense other than, um, you know, Jose Ramirez or, or uh, Fran Mill Reyes. So, um, yeah, Obi-Wan Quinobi. I like it. Um, I'm going to do everything I can to make that his official nickname. Um, Carson, do you think, uh, I mean, who knows if he can keep up this ridiculous pace he's on, but um, I, I'd say, and I, I think you'd probably agree that this is uh, this is a, a nice surprise for the Guardians and gives them a little bit more uh, uh, pop in that lineup. Yeah, absolutely. In a in a season where I don't think a whole lot of the baseball world is expecting much out of any Guardians player besides maybe Jose Ramirez and Shane Bieber. Uh, this is certainly a, certainly a nice surprise and uh, really cool to really cool to see and uh, can't wait to to continue to watch Quan and uh, see what he does next. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and to all you lovely people listening, uh, go on to your get out there on social media. I want to see it. I want to see hashtag Obi Wan Kenobi. I want to see it everywhere. Um, I like Obi Quan Kenobi better. Obi Quan Kenobi. Tell you what, we'll uh, we'll throw up a poll on Twitter. Um, yeah, let's do that. We'll throw up a poll on Twitter and let you guys decide. Um, uh, which, uh, and of course, you can find us on Twitter at Eighth Inning Pod. Um, shameless self promotion. Um, so Sunday night baseball. Um, this past. This past Sunday night was obviously it was the first Sunday night game of the year. Oh boy, and ESPN. Um, so for anyone who who missed it or doesn't follow the NFL, um, yes, I know. Be patient with me for a minute. I know what you're all thinking. Why the hell is he talking about the NFL? Um, anyone who doesn't watch, who doesn't follow the NFL, or wasn't sure, uh, ESPN did this thing. I think they started it. I think it started last year, last season. Um, they did this thing called the Manning cast with Peyton and Eli Manning. And basically what they did was it was sort of an alternative to the, um, uh, I guess the main, uh, telecast. So they gave people another option. If you didn't want to watch the regular announcers, you could flip over to ESPN two and watch this Manning cast thing. Um, so what they've done for Sunday Night Baseball this year, and thankfully it's only for eight games, uh, they unveiled this thing called K-Rod, um, hosted by uh, Michael K, who's, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, is the Yes Network, the Yankees Network play-by-play guy, um, and the famous, or rather infamous, Alex Rodriguez. Um Carson, did you have the misfortune of watching this or <laughs> I got to I got to catch a little bit of it. Um, I'm so I... sorry. Those are minutes <laughs> of your life. You're never going to get back. I, I know that most of your uh, 
let's go with gripes is uh, more with with uh, Alex Rodriguez. So um, I'll kind of focus on the Michael K side of it for a little bit. Mm. Um, honestly, for for me, like the Manning cast and alternate alternative uh, casts like that work because it's more of their analysis from the time that they were players. And for me, K just still came off a little bit too play by play during Mm. this, which, you know, as, as somebody who aspires to be a play by play broadcaster, like sweet, but I just don't know if that kind of approach from K works for this kind of format in these alternate casts where people are more interested perhaps in the analysis or if there are any guests on talking with the guests, like, the thing that works about the Manning cast is they don't they don't really do like a play by play of mm-hmm. of each each play in an NFL game. So for for me, I think that was just kind of my issue was that K was maybe a little bit too too focused on the play by play and not uh, getting Rodriguez's thoughts enough. Or hey, what would you do in this situation if you were still playing? You know, on a three-one count, what kind of pitches were you looking for as a hitter? Things like that. So that that was kind of my main gripe with it. Um, I'll tell you what, A Rod would if K had asked him what he would have done in this situation. A Rod would have said that he would have slapped the ball out of the first baseman's glove. Um, oh, ooh, shots fired. Um, yep, I said it. Uh, anyways. Uh, yeah, no, Carson, Carson is spot on about the Manning cast. Um, full disclosure, I'm not the biggest fan of the Manning brothers, but I really enjoyed watching the Manning cast last year because like Carson said, they were more, it was more of a, um, yeah, it was, it was less of a traditional broadcast, I guess it was more of, they were just kind of, they were, they were offering their insights on, I mean, it's too, as two former quarterbacks and two and both Super Bowl champs, like I mean, obviously they know what they're talking about. Um, but this K Rod thing, I, I think I don't know, Carson. Do you think maybe you think maybe this kind of thing would work better if they had two former ball players, two former baseball players? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like if I'm being honest, if it was Derek Jeter and Alex Rodriguez. I would oh, watch. God. The, I would watch the heck out of that broadcast, oh. and I know that oh. I know that I'm hurting you as a, uh, oh. as a as a Yankee or as a Red Sox ah. fan. Red Sox fan, Yankees hater, but um, Jeter and A Rod. Hey, I mean, you know, I'm just fine keeping A Rod on there. Like, no, you know, I I got a little bit more love for A Rod since he now owns the uh, the Timberwolves here in Minnesota. Apparently he just thought, you know, I already own the twins. What's another team in Minnesota that I can own? Um, but yeah, honestly, like if it was, if it was a rod and another player, be it, you know, for me, I think having Jeter on there would be so cool just to see that dynamic. Cause their relationship has been so weird over the years. So just to see that dynamic would be, I think very compelling television, but overall, I think having a former player would make this a little bit better. Uh, I'm just going to gloss over the fact that you just suggested putting Derek Jeter and Alex Rodriguez in the, in the same booth together. Oh, come on. Um, man. You, you can't deny, though, with the history of that relationship, that'd be must-see television. I'm, 
ladies and gentlemen, I am doing my utmost to suppress my gag reflex over here. Um, come on, really? I mean, let, don't let's... hate me just because I'm right. Even if, even if you're willing to put away A-Rod's numerous transgressions, uh, and they are numerous, uh, he's just a, he's a terrible analyst. He sounds awkward. Um, he sounds like sometimes like he's not sure what's going on in the field. Um, and he just has this sort of like, well, what I call the Derek Jeter look that sort of like, you know, conceded, like I'm better than you, uh, Tom Cruise look. Um, and I just, I don't know. I, uh, I'm sorry, everybody. My bias is showing. I know. Um, I like the idea of, of, I do like the idea of ESPN. What I do like what ESPN is trying to do here. I do. Cause I think the Manning cast worked really well. Um, and I think this could work too, but I think some personnel changes are in order. Um, definitely they need to get rid of, it can't have a baseball player and a, it can't have a foreign player and a play by play guy. Cause like Carson said, the play by play guy is going to, well, he's going to want to do play by play. Um, I think two former players is the winning formula here. Um, if I were suddenly made put in charge of ESPN's programming decisions, um, I think one of those players would have to be Kevin Millar. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if any of you or I don't know if you, Carson, have ever caught him on MLB Network. Um, he does that show, Intentional Talk. Mm -hmm. um, he's a fantastic, he's, I, Kevin Millar, I'm just a big fan. Um, even after he left the Red Sox, I was a big fan of his. Um, but <laughs> my alternative idea is, okay, we'll keep A-Rod. Uh, let's put David Ortiz in there. <laughs> yeah? You know what? I actually really like that idea, too. And then, and here's Better yet, why. Let's put Jason Veritek in there. Why not? Uh yeah, A-Rod would, would run out of the booth scared if he saw Veritech. Um, Because we all know what happened the last time those two met face-to-face. -face. Um, No, I like... Here's why I like the David Ortiz. Because at first I thought... I ran through all the possibilities. First I thought Bronson Arroyo. But then I figured A-Rod would probably sit there and be afraid he was going to get hit by a baseball the whole time. Uh, Then I thought Pedro Martinez. But eh, no. I've settled on David Ortiz and here's why. Because every time they do, if you have if you have A Rod and David Ortiz, every time they do a Yankees game and the Yankees lose, David Ortiz can turn to A Rod and go, "Da Yankees lose, it's gold, it's solid gold." Um, anyways, <clears throat> I'm having too much fun with that. Um, that would be quite entertaining. It would be hilarious. Plus, the ratings. I think, I think they they did a couple of like postseason post game things for Fox, and it seemed like they had a pretty good dynamic on air. So I think that would be really entertaining. They actually, yeah. All joking aside, they actually do have a really good dynamic. Um, even though Ortiz, Ortiz, uh, Ortiz rips a rod every chance he gets, which is freaking hilarious. Um, but anyways, um, okay. 
break time, I think. Uh, <laughs> uh, one last break, and then when we come back, we'll dive right into our third and final segment. Um, I said a sort of nice thing about Rob Manfred earlier. Well, that didn't last. Um, and also, we're going to be talking about, as Carson put it, our WTF moment of the week. Uh, coming to you this time, courtesy of the Cincinnati Reds. Um, you guys are listening to the eighth inning stretch with AJ and Carson. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to the eighth inning stretch with AJ and Carson. For all the latest updates, follow us on Twitter at eighth inning pod and visit our website at eighth inning slash podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the eighth inning stretch with AJ and Carson. And believe it or not, we are already into our third and final segment. Boy, um, these things just fly by, don't they, Carson? Yes, they do. Um, honestly, uh, just to give everybody kind of a little behind-the-scenes insight, uh, Carson and I will usually hop into the recording session, you know, a little bit before we actually start recording, and we'll kind of sit here and kind of pick over the, you know, our, our rundown outline thing and be like, wow, you know, we have so much to talk about, but honestly, like, and it is a lot, but we do cover a lot. Um, that's one thing you can't say. You you can't disagree with us. You can't say about us as we don't pack as much content as possible into these episodes, but damn, they just go by so fast. Um, so third and final segment. So in our first segment, we were talking about, um, no, I'm sorry. It was our second segment. We're talking about Alyssa Nacken of the Giants uh, becoming the first uh, woman to coach on field uh, at at the Major League Baseball level. And I, well, I said a a sort of a nice thing about Rob Manfred. Um, I said that, you know, I'm not a big fan of him, although, you know, this is a really great move for MLB. But then I kind of I kind of walked it back a little bit and I said, well, you know, I don't know how directly he involved involved with this thing he was. Um, and now I'm just going to go back to my status quo for Rob Manfred. Um, Carson, uh, Rob Manfred, <laughs> I can't, this is, you can't make this shit up. Um, as a apology and, and a, a pathetic attempt to patch things up with the players after uh, allowing the lockout to happen and delay the start of the season. Rob Manfred sent the players Bose headphones and a quote unquote note of appreciation on opening day. Um, Is this a new low even for him? What's that old phrase of like putting a bandaid on a gunshot wound? (laughs) That's essentially what this is. Now, don't get me wrong. I give Manfred some credit for trying to actually make things right because if there was one thing that we were kind of constantly hearing during the lockout and even a little bit after it was announced that it was finally ending in the lead-up to the season was that his relationship with the players was not good. And by not Mm. good, I mean like sinking and sinking very quickly to the point where I honestly thought it could reach the point of no return. So I give him credit for at least trying, but come on, man. <laughs> like, I, I can't help but laugh. Like, 
Like, he couldn't even, like, Bose are very nice headphones, but, like... Yes, they are. But, come on, man. This is what <laughs> you're going with? You're going with Bose headphones? Sending them to players? What do I get? What do I get as a fan for having to suffer through this lockout? Can I have Bose headphones, too? Yeah, yeah. What are the What do we get? What do the fans get? Um, seriously though, uh, <laughs> your Carson's a better person than I am because I'm not going to give Manfred any credit for this because he doesn't deserve any credit because not only did he completely did he allow the lockout to happen and uh, damn near uh, was damn near responsible for games uh for game regular season games being canceled um but this isn't exactly the first time rod rod manfred has screwed up um i mean just off the top of my head he mishandled the astros cheating scandal um i mean there's just i could spend i could spend the entire you know i could spend the next hour just rattling off all the all the stupid things rod manfred's done and all the ways that he's uh he's tried to ruin the game of baseball um but yeah come on really headphones i think i think he could have done i think he could have done a little better um for all the shit he's put the players through he should buy them everyone he should buy every player a goddamn car um for real um but yeah i mean carson's carson's spot on as usual uh Manfred has, yeah, Manfred and the players, yeah, their relationship is a bit frosty. Um, to the point where players have publicly condemned Manfred. Um, so, I don't know. Um, Carson is, is Manfred, is Rob Manfred the worst commissioner in sports? Currently, absolutely. I think that there's there's no doubt. I mean, the other the other commercial commissioners have certainly had their blemishes. I mean, for me personally, I'd put NBA commissioner Adam Silver leaps and bounds above the other three. Yeah. Um, but absolutely. But yeah, I think I think out of out of the four sports, I think Manfred Manfred is is uh, by far the worst, and I think he might even be one of the worst commissioners of all time in not only MLB but in sports. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um Yeah, I would agree with you on Adam Silver. Yeah. Uh Of course, the other, you know, uh Goodell, Roger Goodell and Gary Bettman are, are not exactly um they're, Well, they're not exactly they're not exactly good at what they do either. They're not um, angels, no. No, they're not angels. They've had their fair share of problems and scandals and uh, labor stoppages and lockouts and whatnot. Um, but I got to tell you, uh, Rob Manfred, he makes me and I never, I never, ever, ever thought I would say this. I can't believe I can't believe these words are about to leave my mouth. Rob Manfred makes me long for the days of Bud Selig. <laughs> there, I said it. <laughs> Ugh. 
I just, I can't stop laughing at this. I'm, I'm over here like crying of laughter. I can't believe about the watches. Yeah. yeah his attempt to win the, I mean, the headphones. Was headphones. Seriously. I just can't stop laughing. I'm sorry, everybody. It's just so funny. <laughs> it is, it is quite humorous. Um, I would be level. I would. I would probably be laughing more if I wasn't crying so much for the state of baseball because of Rob Manfred. Um, and that concludes this week's session of bashing Rob Manfred. Um, we seem to do that a lot, and that's because he keeps doing stupid shit. Uh, last but not least, um. And I don't know. I could honestly flip a coin between which one of these is is more stupid and which one is more of a bonehead thing to do. Um, but I well, I don't know. Well, you guys, you you all can decide. Uh, the president of the Cincinnati Reds, uh, Phil Castellini, um, was on the. Uh, was on the team's flagship radio station prior to opening day, a game they lost. Um, not no big surprise there. Um, but anyway, he's on the he's on the flagship radio station, and he uh, fans fans have basically Cincinnati fans have basically demand, like been demanding. In fact, I even think they put up a billboard, basically telling this clown to sell the team because uh, it's him and his father that are running things telling them to sell the team and sell it to somebody who will actually give a shit and will actually uh, try to build a winning team instead of friggin' pulling in Oakland A's and trading away their whole goddamn team. Um, Carson, I- I'm looking at this list of players that uh, the A's have traded just this past offseason alone, and I'm, I'm staggered. Uh, Sonny Gray... Former all-star Sonny Gray, I might add. Uh, outfielder Jesse Winker, who went to my Seattle Mariners. Uh, third baseman Eugenio Suarez, who also went to my Seattle Mariners. And reliever Amir Garrett. Um, what the French toast is going on in Cincinnati? Yeah, apparently segment three should just be titled Executives Who Suck. Um, <laughs> my God. I don't know where Castellini gets... I don't know where he is, but get off your high horse, sir. Um, for, full warning, everybody, I'm about to rant on this one because yes, you know, as to to me, the Cincinnati Reds are the Minnesota Timberwolves of Major League Baseball. <laughs> all they do, all they have done for the past however many years is lose. Okay. Mm-hmm. They've made the playoffs four times in 15 years and have had five winning seasons under Castellini. Five. The Timberwolves, they're both losers. They've both been losers. So as a Timberwolves fan, I've been where Reds fans are, where it's you just there's no sign of hope at the end of the tunnel. Jonathan India's good. Joey Votto's good. But that's it. That's all you have. And, oh, it's just, it just blows my mind that he, he's trying to, to tell the fans, well, essentially, what are you guys going to do? You know, who are you, who else are you going to root for? 
you have absolutely no right to do that. Absolutely mm-hmm. none. While you've watched player after player, like you, you listed them off. Sonny Gray traded. Jesse Winker traded. Eugenio Suarez traded. Amir Garrett traded. Nick Castellanos left to go mm. to Philadelphia. I'm pretty sure oh. he wanted to stay in Cincinnati. And like one of the first interviews he does, he bashes Castellini. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about, yeah, I forgot about Castellanos. Damn. It's uh, just, good looking out. It's mind blowing. Oh, and I'm pretty sure uh, Tucker Barnhart too. They traded him to the Tigers. Yep. So it's just, yeah. oh my goodness. And I'm sorry, everybody, um, if my horse voice is coming out here. <laughs> I was at the Timberwolves <laughs> game on Tuesday night and kind of nice. screamed my heart out. So, um, nice. but yeah, like it just blows my mind. These, I feel bad for Reds fans because I've been there where it looks like there's no hope in at the end of the tunnel. I've been there, man. So Reds fans, I'm so sorry. You know, Castellini can apologize all you want. The damage has been done, my dude. Like Reds fans already hate you. You just made them hate you worse. The apology was yeah. still kind of meh to me, but it's just yeah. like if uh, the apology felt like somebody went to him and was like, um, are you aware of what you just said? <laughs> and then he, they were, he was like, uh, no. And they were like, okay, well, PR has a statement they're going to draft for you. Like, that's just kind of what the apology felt like to me. And it just, it's just so insulting to these Reds fans who stay loyal to this team through years of garbage and watching all of these great players that they've seen come through their system and come into their organization in general, get traded away. Just brutal. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Um, uh, in case anybody missed it, uh, Castellini basically, well, this is actually, this is a direct quote of what he said when he was on the Reds flagship radio station. Uh, they asked him about the billboard and the demand, you know, the fans demanding that, he sell the team and he said, well, where are you going to go? I mean, sell the team to who? Uh, and if that wasn't bad enough, then added that the only way to make the team competitive and profitable, of course, because he's one of those owners who only cares about making money, uh, would be to relocate. Um, Carson, this guy's got a, uh, well, I'll just say it. He's got a set on him. Um, telling fans that the only way their team's going to be any good is if they move. What the hell? Yeah, let's, this is just, let's, let's go ahead and make an already upset fan base even more upset. Great, great job, Phil. No, no, seriously. Great job, buddy. (laughs) And I mean, telling fans, be careful what you ask for. I don't (laughs) think they need to be careful what they ask for. If you're saying this kind of crap, you idiot. My God. (laughs) And the only reason he's in charge is because of his dad. Like, let's be honest here. That's the sole reason he has any, any sort of authority in this organization. Carson, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. Thought we lost you for a sec. Um, yeah, yeah, spot on. Um, uh, you know, we talked about we were talking about earlier about things that make me love baseball. Uh, talking about Albert Pujols hitting a home run for um, in his his first home run since rejoining the Cardinals. Those are the things that make me love baseball. These are the kind of things that make me hate baseball. Um, 
Carson, parting thoughts. Uh, tomorrow's Jackie Robinson Day. Um, uh, I think we we talked about uh, maybe a couple episodes back about the um, uh, all the teams, of course, always wear Jackie Robinson's 42 on their jersey tomorrow. But they're also, this year, the number 42 would be in Dodger Blue, which is really cool. Um, Carson, do you have any must-watch games this weekend? Well, I think uh, I think we both do, seeing as uh, my Minnesota Twins will be coming into Beantown, into Fenway, for the Red Sox first home opener, home series, home opener tomorrow. Uh, twins and Twins and Red Sox with uh, Joe Ryan on the mound for the Twins and Nick Pavetta on the mound for the Red Sox, respectively. And uh, mm. oh, I'm telling you That's- right now. We are about to tee off on Nick Pavetta, and it's going your to be twins. glorious. Uh, your twins are in trouble. We'll be fine. Going against nasty Nick Pavetta? Yeah. All we um, got to do is hit it up the hit it up the middle. Bogart and Story are just going to fumble over each other. We'll be fine. <laughs> um. Yeah. Seriously. Honestly, though, it should be. It should be. I'm. I'm expecting a hell of a series. Um, four games. I think they're playing. Yeah. Yeah. Four game series. Uh, including the um, the traditional Boston, uh, the Patriots Day game, the Marathon Monday game, uh, which is always a good watch. Um, any other games on your radar this weekend, other than your Twins and my Red Sox? None that I can really think of, at least off the top of my head. Let me take a... Yeah, I was just doing the same thing. I was just perusing the upcoming schedule for this weekend. I think... Uh, um, Braves, oh, Braves and Padres. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, my Seattle Mariners are hosting the Houston Astros. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Now I finally get to show you why I picked the Astros still to rule over that division. Here we go. And what happens when my Mariners sweep the Astros? Um, They're not going to sweep them. Get out of here. <laughs> They're not I sweeping anybody. <laughs> I can dream. Um, seriously, though, that should be a hell of a series, oh, too. Absolutely. I'm going to be. Yeah, I'm going to be watching that one because that I know. I know it's early and I know, um, you know, obviously it's way, way early in the season, but. That's a um, that to me that's a that's a barometer series right there. That's a yep. measuring stick for the Mariners. That's that's a series for the Mariners to go. Okay, well here we go. We're playing the team that has basically owned this division for the last however many years. Let's see how good we are. Um, yeah, that's yeah, gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think another one. I think one that I'll be watching that I just looked at here: uh, the Rays and the White Sox are facing off this weekend. Uh, I think that could be a pretty That could be theory. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that could be a good one too. Um in any case, obviously a full slate of games this weekend. Uh hopefully you all out there are able to uh catch your favorite team. Um and and do yourself a favor if you're uh if you're able to tomorrow, you know, if you're free, if you're, you know, got the day off or whatever. Seriously, do yourself a favor and tune into the Jackie Robinson Day festivities. Um, uh, for me, I always, 
I'll, I always put that right up there with the best moments of, of the season. Um, it's, it's right up there with the all-star game and the world series. So, um, you know, and it's also kind of a, I don't know, maybe Carson's, uh, thinks differently, but, um, it's always, it's always kind of a bittersweet, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's really touching and really, you know, emotional, but it's also kind of bittersweet because of, uh, yes, obviously we're celebrating what Jackie Robinson did, but by breaking the color barrier, but it's also a reminder of what he, uh, what he went through. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well said, like you said, um, uh, you know, that was, that was one of the things I wanted to mention of this too, is, you know, as, as much as this is a day about celebrating Jackie Robinson, you know, rest in peace, um, and all of the great things that he did for, for the game, breaking all those barriers, you know, let's not forget that there were, there were, African-American players who played before him in the, in the then Negro leagues who had to go through a bunch of abuse themselves. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, Jackie was just kind of the first to bring it to the major leagues. And um, you know, let's, let's remember that while this is a celebration of the progress we've made and the progress that Jackie Robinson helped start in major league baseball, you know, let's also remember the players who have gone before him, and helped pave the way for Jackie Robinson himself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, so do yourself a favor. If you're able to watch that tomorrow, uh, definitely, definitely do so. Um, and that ladies and gentlemen brings us to the end of another. Wow. Talk about a jam packed episode. Um, if you're looking for more stuff from us, uh, which why wouldn't you, um, you can, of course, follow us on Twitter at eighth inning pod. That's the best way to get the latest updates about our upcoming shows, uh, and, and all good stuff like that. Uh, do check out our website at, uh, eighth inning stretch slash podcast. Um, you can listen to the show there, um, as well as find out a little bit more about, uh, your illustrious hosts. um, and of course, check out our wonderful sponsors at Printer Dudes. Um, just uh, their their Etsy store, which you can find at printerdudes.etsy.com, is just jam packed with all kinds of cool three D printed collectibles. Um, and as a thank you for being a fan of the show, uh, you can use promo code Home Run. That's one word, no space, Home Run, uh, and they'll knock ten percent off your order. Um. Yeah, and of course, uh, coming up Monday, in case you missed the beginning of this episode, which if you did, pause it now and go back to the beginning and start and start from the beginning. Um, uh, coming up on Monday, the first ever, uh, our best of the eighth inning stretch episode uh, in honor and celebration of Easter. Um, and uh, of course, to all of any and all of you out there who are celebrating Easter, uh, have a very happy Easter. Uh, be sure and catch our best of show on Monday. And I'll be back behind the mic flying solo on Wednesday. Um, everyone have a fantastic weekend. And we will talk to you soon. You've been listening to the eighth inning stretch with AJ and Carson. Thanks for tuning in. For all the latest updates, follow us on Twitter at 8th Inning Pod and visit our website 
at eighth inning stretch dot wix site dot com slash podcast.